Welcome to the Venture 12 podcast, conversations to engage, connect and inspire missional people. Welcome to the second episode in the Venture 12 podcast and uh, we are here in Helsingborg, Sweden again. Yes, we still live here. <laughs> We've not moved. No. Uh, but hopefully uh, wherever you are, uh, you'll feel that you're right here with us yeah. in a small dingy room. Uh, we're, we're, last week we recorded from my house uh, in, a, in a back room. Um, it's not possible this week because my boys are off school so it's just a bit crazy in the house so we had to find somewhere else so we're in a friend's uh where he works there's a nice room a quiet room that we're borrowing he's an artist so we're surrounded by paintings and spray paints um interesting place yeah it's a great place actually if you ever get the privilege of visiting helsingborg then it's a great place to check out loads of art and culture around the city come from this place so creative guy called Peter Erickson. He'll probably never listen to this, but he's a great guy. So come and check out this place. What's he like on the football pitch? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. We play football with him. On the football pitch, he's he's really heavily influenced by Italian football because randomly he lived in Italy for, what was it, eight years or something. That's right. Um, so he's, he's, he's aggressive and he dives and he swears in Italian. Um, so there are three characteristics of his game. He's a good player. Yeah, he's a good player. Uh, but more importantly, he's a good guy and he makes a real difference in the city where we live mm. uh, with work um, in schools and, and across the city, bringing the city to colour and mm. life. Yeah, uh, that's a great description of him. Yeah. And th- we've, we've introduced him as though he's going to be the guest on this week's <laughs> podcast, but he's not. We're not interviewing Peter. <laughs> no. uh, some of you are really sad about that, I can hear. I can hear. We'll get him on sometime. Yeah. No, we won't. No, we won't do that. No. Um, but we do have two very good friends of ours with us um, today uh, who will be interviewing. We have interviewed, actually, mm. uh, from America. Who are they, Chris? Yep, they are Penny Cornreich and Diane Hakes. Um, and we got to know them through a, a training cohort that Mark and I are part of. Um, and the training cohort is actually uh, revolves around the, the topic of t- today's interview. Um, which is the Apes theology from Ephesians um, chapter 4. Um, so it's the fivefold ministry giftings that Jesus sends through the Spirit into each of us um, to re- reflect who Christ is. And Diane and Penny are coaches and uh, yeah. participants in the 5Q, or what's called the 5Q community. So they are uh, frontier leaders um, in their denominations and, and within the churches where they serve. Mm. Um, yeah, and 5Q, um, 
is is kind of the um, language that's given to the system of the apes theology. So much like you have IQ, which measures intelligence, and EQ, which is emotional intelligence, 5Q is um, a system based around this. And, and that's been something that's been developed um, by one of the partners, actually, of Venture 12, uh, a company, organisation called 5Q. Um, and uh, before this goes any further, um, you should really check them out. So you can visit them on 5qcentral.com and there there's, they've got a book called 5Q, loads of other resources, tests and uh, ways to get in touch um, just to start entry point into this journey of uh, exploring the APEST. And you should, uh, we probably should say that um, one of the key authors uh, is Alan Hirsch, who is a missiologist and um, uh, has been uh, involved in a lot of strategic thinking around uh, the church for the last 20, 30 years. Uh, so his voice and amongst uh, along with others are really resourcing this conversation at the moment around, around the fivefold. Um, mm. It's not anything new, is it? No, it's nothing new at all. Uh, in fact, it's Paul's original writings and the original DNA of what the church should look like. Uh, from Paul's writings, there's a lot of letters that are about correction and there are others that are to encourage people that he's uh, been visiting. Uh, but the whole point of Ephesians is to set out the DNA of the church and that it, uh, how it can reflect Jesus and how it can equip the people to continue doing the mission of God. Just uh, like a blueprint blueprint yeah like a blueprint that's why we've called this one the fivefold blueprint it all makes sense now um and uh before the interview uh, in a few minutes we'll invite you to just open up the bible uh, and read that passage through to help frame it but before we get into that um we think it's helpful maybe just to take a very brief snapshot at each of the five so that when you're listening to the interview uh, and there's different terms of the apostle and the prophet the prophet and the evangelist shepherd and teacher just so there's a bit more context around it um so mark kick us off give us a uh, an introduction or a snapshot of uh, let's start with the apostle i'm just going to give some cinnamon synonyms <laughs> uh well firstly i should say apostle comes from a greek word as a sent one um, but synonyms, uh, risk taker, is that a synonym? I'm not sure it is. Risk taker, uh, yeah. boundary breaker, uh, entrepreneur, explorer. Um, I think that'll do. Yeah, good. And uh, are we going to point to where Jesus has been an apostle anywhere? Or are we going to no, we'll leave let, that for we'll, further we'll understanding? Let, let yeah. people find that out. Okay. Uh, the prophet. What's the prophet? prophet uh the the one who listens the one who's maybe particularly sensitive uh to uh, the harmony with that relationship with god the upward relationship but also the outward um Mm. so prophets in the old testament if you looked at what they complained about the most this is not synonyms is it no but they they complained mostly about uh when god's people wandered astray from that key relationship with god but also about uh when uh, the people of god began treating and mistreating people uh, the poor and the marginalised. So that was their two biggest complaints. So a prophet often raises the voice, challenges the structures mm-hmm. when those things start mm-hmm. to happen. Great. Uh, keep going. Evangelist. Evangelist. Um, well, good news teller, storyteller, messenger, recruiter, uh, the one who um, communicates the message of God uh, and the goodness of it. Mm. Great. Shepherd. Shepherd. 
the one who cares, um, the one who brings hospitality, uh, brings discipleship, uh, guardian. Often we think of uh, shepherds as people who just bring care, but they are the people who stand guard over the flock. Um, yeah. And finally, the teacher. The teacher. Well, it's definitely not just someone who stands at the front teaching. It's someone who... Really? Im- yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> Have I just oh, blown that wrong? Well, uh, hang on. Yeah, it's very easy to think that teachers are just the ones who uh, the church has traditionally employed to stand at the front and to impart their the sermons, but it's much more than that. A teacher is a facilitator of learning, so they create the context, the environment for discipleship to happen um, and uh, facilitate learning. Hmm. And of course, all of these, when they're really mature, produce others who have those gifts. Hmm. And we see more and more of that, of Jesus coming through those lenses. That was a really good introduction. Brilliant. Yeah, from you, I mean, into the terms. Thank you very much. really good. And there's so much more. It's a a gift that keeps giving. Yeah. Right, okay. Should we move on in towards the interview? Well, well, I've listened to the interview twice, Chris, and I have to say it is so captivating. I don't Mm. know what it felt like when you were doing it. It it was. I mean, it was easy to get swept up uh, in the energy and the wisdom and uh, the passion that they spoke with. Yeah, and Penny, just with her storytelling, and Diane with her coaching. Mm. You're going to love it. You're going to enjoy listening to this, folks. Um, It's a brilliant uh, interview, and there's so much wisdom, not just laughter. uh, And there's a lot of that, too. But there's so much wisdom. So please do listen. Uh, And uh, before we move on to that, uh, now I'm going to just invite you to open up the Bible, turn to Ephesians chapter 4, and just read through... Uh, in no stress from verses 1 to 16 Uh, and during that time uh, just try to um, take it all in Uh, try to picture the words that Mark's described when you're reading um, about uh, the the gifts that Jesus sends Uh, and then um, when you're ready hit unpause and uh, the interview will begin Okay, uh, I'd like to welcome Penny and Diane to the podcast. Uh, it's great to have you with us. Uh, a bit of background context. Uh, we have known each other or known of each other for a few months. We're in a, a train the trainers cohort together um, with a focus on the fivefold ministry gifts from Apest and Ephesians 4, which we'll learn about soon. We've not actually met each other face to face, other than through the gift of Zoom and technology. Um, yeah. So, uh, Penny and Diane, can we just start by getting to know you a little bit more? Who are you? What's your uh, current context of church or mission or culture? And what's your role within that? So, Penny, can we start with you? Absolutely. And it's just wonderful to be with you all today. Um, my name is Penny Cornreich, and I'm a wife and mom of six kids, uh, 21 down to age eight, and the co-founder and CEO of Eruption Ministries, which is a nonprofit faith-based organization uh, started in December 20, roughly in 2018. Um, Eruption Ministries was created after my husband, Drew, and I stepped away from the institutional church after serving for more than 22 years in the pastorate and began exploring other ministry opportunities. 
the word eruption, it's a little different. People often think about it as coming out, but eruption is actually means to break in, sudden entry or rushing or bursting in from the outside in. And that's how we view God is breaking into all of our lives in every space where he reigns and exists, whether it's home, work, or leisure. And we try to provide opportunities for God to break into people's lives um, in a variety of ways. Our currently, we're working on Facebook Live with I Am Church, which is a missional community that we started here in Aiken. And we hope that more missional communities like I Am Church evolve over time in many different places. That's great. Thanks, Penny. What an introduction. And Diane. <laughs> I get to follow that. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, it's great to be on the call uh, with my two friends, Chris and Penny. Um, this has been quite a ride for me in the last year and a half. Um, I am residing currently in central Pennsylvania in the U.S., with my husband and uh, two grown children, one of which is married and out of the home and living nearby and um our son who is uh graduated and just stepping into his first full-time job so kind of uh parenting grown children now in a different season of life um, but a very exciting season uh, my context is uh one of which i spent 17 years uh on a, a staff full-time in ministry and uh part of that church and denomination for uh, over 25 years now. And I stepped away from that um, in the in a, after a season of just searching for what was next in my uh, sense of calling and where God was leading me. And for the last year and a half, what uh, came out of that season is stepping into a uh, our own coaching and consulting um business, I guess you can say, I don't like to call it a business, it's really a ministry in terms of helping churches to uh, understand the importance of, of uh, working together as a whole body. And we'll talk about that as we get into APES. But in, in searching for my own calling, um, I discovered my calling is actually to help others in stewarding their mission. And so uh, right now, uh, my focus in training and coaching is in stewarding the mission uh, that God has placed inside of others, whether they're individuals or organizations. And I do that primarily by unlocking and unleashing the potential that God has placed inside of them for kingdom impact and helping them to live fully the clear calling of God. Um, that was my journey, and I felt that uh, God uh, led me clearly through that um, pathway so that I could help others to find their pathway through that uh, process, which isn't always fun, by the way. <laughs> but the outcome of that has been being involved with um, APES and 5Q. So I'm a core team member with 5Q now. And I also am a master trainer and uh, coach with Life Unique. And the two of those cross over beautifully together and uh, really help people to live uh, that full potential um, that Christ has placed in them. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm also working primarily with the same denomination in which um, 
the church where I served. The denomination is a small one here in the U.S., uh, and I work within that region uh, of 150 churches. And so coaching churches um, using the unique and 5Q model to help them to, uh, again, just see their potential and live it out fully. Mm. That's great. Thank you so much. Uh, I feel really out of my depth here speaking to two strong <laughs> female missional leaders. But, uh, it's a privilege to have this conversation. Um, and Diane, uh, let's let's carry on from there because uh, you've touched on a few things there. Um, so mm-hmm. I'll go back to you, Diane, and then bring Penny in later. But but the sure. theme of this uh, podcast is is APEST, which comes from uh, uh, it's a acronym from Ephesians four. Um, which is uh, when Jesus sends the Spirit into each of us, um, and along with that is uh, the fivefold ministry gifts, giftings of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the shepherd, and the teacher. Um, I'm just wondering, um, could you kind of tell us a little bit more about that? That's one Bible verse. What's its significance? Um, and also um, some of the terms you've just used as well. Can you explain what 5Q is um, and sure. some of the other... Um, code language that you've just used as well (laughs) yes uh apologize for the code language it just kind of pops out but Mm. i'll give you the uh, background behind that yes uh ephesians 4 i've obviously always um in my christian walk understood that verse but never fully and never was fully able to live it out to the understanding that i have now so i guess that's the maturity piece right but what I understand of, of APEST out of uh, the Ephesian 4 context is that it's the whole body uh, working together to go back to the um, parts, right? Um, as the body grows, so do the parts. Um, in order for the, the uh, body to be fully equipped, and to work properly, we must have all five parts. And so the difference between APEST and 5Q, APEST is uh, the representation of the parts in the system, like you just mentioned, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, the five gifts that Jesus gave, um, as stated in Ephesians 4, gave to the church for uh, the purpose of equipping uh, to help us to be whole. Uh, 5Q then is actually what the five intelligent uh, quotients, um, if you will, that are each of the gifts working together as the whole. Mm-hmm. So APES represents the parts, 5Q represents the whole working together. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It really does, yeah. Thanks for that explanation. Sure. Um, so, so, so uh, Penny, what's been uh, what's the significance of Ephesians four? I mean, one verse uh, from the from the whole Bible. Why is it significant? Well, I think it's significant um, because of the historical and the biblical truth that it holds for the church. If we look at yeah. Jesus's ministry in the Gospels, and then we see how he encouraged his disciples and then apostles to live in the Book of Acts, and knowing that Paul wrote most of the New Testament in his epistles and Ephesians 4 is, is the author, is Paul, then surely we should be taking notice if Paul was one of the greatest missionaries that ever lived, we should be paying attention to what that looked like in his life and how he emulated Jesus. In fact, we know that Paul encourages us in 1 Corinthians 
11, 1, to imitate him as far as he imitates Jesus. Well, what does that look like? It looks like a past. And that's what he's encouraging us to do. And so he lays the foundation in Ephesians 4 um, for unity. And then he moves on to diversity because we don't have unity in Christ. And we don't understand the bond and the fellowship and the love that, that brings us together, that sacrificial death and the love that he poured out for us means nothing. And so we, we start there. We start with that foundation that's so essential for anything to be built correctly. We know that in a house, that's the way it works. We need a foundation. And then we have the pillars, as we say. And I think Alan Hirsch really um, exhibits this beautifully in his book, 5Q, and he shows how the pillars are each one of APAS, the diversity. And so because we have the unity, then we move to diversity because we're secure in who we are and identity in Christ. And we're excited to find out how each one of us are wired and Mm -hmm. fashioned and how we go forward in this world until we meet Jesus face to face in eternity. And of course, that pushes us all up together. We're working together and up into maturity, which is we're wanting to become more like Jesus. And it's just a beautiful um, example of, I think, and such a wonderful, powerful picture of what the body of Christ, each individual should be looking like in a church building, yes, but individually how we should be coming along each other and encouraging one another and working to this end. That's a wonderful explanation. Let's uh, carry on in that then. If, we, if you're thinking about, you've been talking about the individual, how it's, uh, the, the APEST helps us reflect as individuals and as a body, it helps us reflect who Christ is, who Jesus is, uh, the marks of Christ. Um, so within your context now, you're both in leadership roles and slightly different uh, how they look, but could you uh, give us a bit of um, maybe some specific examples or some storytelling about how has this affected your leadership? How has it affected uh, how you coach people? Um, what have been the fruits? Um, how, have, how have you looked through the APES lenses to help um, people reach and see their potential in Jesus? Diane, do you want to start? Sure. Um, I received a uh, set of books yesterday that I ordered, and in it came a little card that had a quote on it. And the quote stated, the culture of any organization is driven by the actions of its leaders. And I, I thought that was so significant, especially for where where I am right now. And what I'm trying to do is to help, um, help churches see that what we want the greater body to do must begin at the top with the leadership and be set by example. Um, And I don't have the author of that quote, unfortunately, but I thought it was very significant. I think we need to look at um, two sides of this, the healthy and the unhealthy. So uh, my experience in um, that I had on staff at a church, I look back on that and it saddens me that we didn't, uh, embrace this teaching. We really, I, I don't, I, I never really remember having a conversation around this teaching, to be honest with you. And I think it would have made a huge difference for uh, the entire church because I think then the leadership would have been more healthy. And that's why it was given to us for the, uh, to become healthy disciples, right? Like Penny said, growing in unity um, uh, with that diversity towards that maturity to be um, to reach that full measure um, that was intended for us to reach so that we wouldn't be led off track. And so I think about churches and how distracted they are 
church leaders get distracted or pulled off track from their mission, um, uh, the core mission, so easily. And uh, so then we don't end up accomplishing that mission that we're meant to accomplish, to reach the lost and to make disciples who make more disciples and so on. We're, we're, um, I believe, because we're not focused on uh, the whole and all of those parts, the, the uh, five gifts, and each one living out those gifts, as Penny stated, uh, individually, but also collectively, uh, we're missing out on a huge opportunity to to be truly what we were called to be as the church, capital C Church, right? Um, and to live and move in that way uh, uh, to to gain what was meant for us to gain while we're here on earth in terms of uh, being a unified body. Uh, of believers um, and helping others to see us living that out. How can people want to join and be a part of something that they can't um, see being lived out in terms of our example of love? Um, so my my experience was a lack of knowledge of our gifts and then therefore not understanding each other and their perspectives coming into that. And now helping churches to the beautiful side of it now is, is, is the opposite, right? And so now with the knowledge of this and, and the learning of this that I can part, impart on others and helping to see maybe what's missing on a team or what's needed to work towards um, and gain that full balance um, with the church leadership so that they can start living that out and creating that micro microculture. I love this um, culture, uh, creating an APES 5Q culture requ requires starting a microculture of um, a smaller group of leaders who start becoming the change they want to see for the whole. You know, so we have to become the change we want to see uh, for the whole church. And so those of us who can understand this and embrace it and start living it out um, uh, can set that set that tone and help that culture to emerge. Fantastic. Penny, have you got anything to well, that, add? That's just beautifully stated. I have to say, <laughs> bravo. That was just lovely. Um, I'm going to take a more personal approach in the sense of actually putting myself in this mix because Eruption Ministries was mm -hmm. really created as a result of us stepping away, like I said, from the pastorate ministry after 22 years, my husband is a true T and that's how eruption ministries began because we wanted to utilize Drew's gifts. And as we began to go down this road of understanding who we really are created in the identities or the gifts that we are really given in the APEST, it was just remarkable. It was a remarkable journey and it still is. It's still an aha moment for me, even two years into it, I just go deeper and deeper and become more mm -hmm. enthusiastic and excited about what we've learned. But when I served in an institutional church alongside my husband, I had attended seminary. I have a master's in general theological studies, but I didn't have a place to serve in my gifts. So I made a way for myself. I became a teacher. 
I became an evangelist. I became somewhat of a shepherd, although I wasn't quite interested in that as much. We had a lot of shepherds running around, and actually they were more allocated to elders. So you had the pastors as the teachers. They were the ones you would follow. They were really the true teachers. And then you had the shepherds, those elected officials. And so it really left a huge void or vacuum for most of us who were trying to figure out, well, what are we supposed to be doing to serve Jesus and serve his people and even live on mission outside of the church? You see a lot in most denominations, an A and a P simply doesn't exist. You have an E, sometimes when they get desperate enough, when they want mission or they need to gather people into the church, but mostly it's the T and the S. And the T is the one that is paid. My husband was in that position. I'm, I'm not downplaying that or saying discrediting that. I'm just saying that's the one that's prioritized because that's the one who's primarily paid for the responsibility. So we've exalted that position a lot. And then you have the S, as I said, which is championed because the elders, the elected elders who the congregation typically you know, votes for and puts in office. So as a woman, it's even more difficult to figure out where <laughs> yes. in the world do I fit? How am I going to find this acceptance yes. and support? And then if I figure it out, who's going to champion me? So it's one of these things where you just feel like you're going around in a circle and you can't figure it out. Yet You know, Jesus has a plan because he loves you and he, he saved you and he's empowered you. So where do you go with this? And this is what the beauty of APEST is. So when I was in the church, I took the APEST twice. When I left the church, I took it once, and it was stunning to me. When I was in the church, I was a TESPA, so T again was first. Then I took it again the second year, and I was an ET. I became an evangelist. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay, an ETSPA. This is all in the context of the church. But then when we stepped away from the church, right before I attended X Exponential in 2019, in March 2019, I took it again, mm. and that is what blew my mind. I became an A-T-E-P-S, and it made so much sense to me. Suddenly, I realized <laughs> that I am an apostle, and that's why I've been so frustrated for the last 22 years trying to constantly push my husband out on mission and going outside the boundaries of the church and not being content in just sitting there like a lot of other people who weren't A's. It all made sense to me now why I was so... Yes. Uh, you know, not finding my real fit until we went down this direction. So APES to yeah. me was just a win-win. My husband is actually a TPSEA, which is totally makes sense why he fit in the church so well. And then mm -hmm. um, my children have all taken APES and we have three shepherds, one evangelist, one teacher, and one apostle, the youngest one. She's a kick in the pants. So <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> That's a really, really great insight into yes. your uh, story. And uh, it's actually something that I want to continue to develop on now, actually. Um, so if we go straight into the next kind of topic, you, you mentioned there that um, the church has kind of uh, created plenty and plenty, maybe too much room uh, for the teachers and the shepherds mm -hmm. um, historically. Um, and if we look at the church, particularly in Europe, and uh, my context uh, is in Sweden, uh, which is a really maybe the most secularized country in Europe, uh, and the church is in decline. If you look at the statistics, do you think that? Um, do you think that the lack of uh, apest uh, theology? And the lack of creating space for the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists can be attributed to some of the decline of the church 
historically. Yeah, absolutely. My experience is very similar to Penny's. In fact, we have the same exact profile, and I don't know if we knew that. <laughs> both, both frustrated apostles, um, and I really didn't realize that till I stepped away from my position there at the church and realized, um, one, God was using that as part of my calling and helping me to discover where to use it and live it out in the way that um, was appropriate for, for me at the time. But under, going back and looking at, at that experience, um, and then later finding out the apostles, the prophets, and the evangelists um, uh, are leaving the church in droves. They're just not present. And our denomination is very much like Penny described, very high shepherd teacher, I am a, a, a teacher by trade before I went into full-time ministry. I have a, a degree in, um, a master's degree in education. I was an educator. So teaching became, it was very natural to me. But how I taught and the method in which I uh, approached that was very much apostolic. And I have a very high apostolic footprint. And so uh, that, and many times I didn't know why I felt at the place. And, um, and so I understand and would love to see the church learn how to re-embrace, reinvent, uh, the places, uh, within the, the church body for apostles, prophets, and evangelists, because you can't, as, as Ephesians 4 says, you can't function without them. They're so necessary. The apostles are the visionaries. They're the ones who can see. Um, into, uh, you know, what the Lord might be uh, showing us down the road and helping to uh, have a strategy in, in how to get there. And, you know, the prophets keep us on track, right? And, and keep us true uh, to the word and to the mission of Jesus. And so where are we without the prophets? And where are we without the evangelists? Um, of course, the church is going to be in decline without evangelists, right? <laughs> That's just, <laughs> that to me is a no-brainer. And so I just don't understand this. And so um, I very much agree with, with what Penny said. And I, um, I've had these conversations with leaders, but I think they're just not sure how, how to get there. And so if they don't know how to get there, we absolutely need apostolic people with that gifting to help them to get there because that's what that's what apostles do right mm -hmm. and um and the teachers who create systems and um uh, methods to to get there where would we be without this teaching um and so i i'm just excited by it a little bit frustrated at times uh, but feel that it is absolutely necessary and for the female voice um as in uh, both apostolic females, which I laughed at your invitation, Chris, when you said you needed North American female apostolic voices. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I never put that all into a nutshell, but it's pretty fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think Alan really captures this a lot in, yes. in the 5Q book for sure. And one of the things yes. I remember him saying, which <laughs> was like, wow. It, you know, A's are really prized. <laughs> we really are. Um, without the A, you can't have the other four. 
And that's just a remarkable. So you wonder why you don't yes. have the fivefold in our church churches. Yes. You don't have the A. The A isn't there. You're not going to have the other four. They all work together, but the A is kind of the one that gives that DNA approval and 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 really right. tries to form it and expose it and free right. people up to invites people to come into it and sends them out to do what yeah. they're going to do in their in their right. strengths. So I think the APEST um unfortunately has been hidden, has been um, you know, overlooked, uh, whatever we want to say. And and honestly, I think it begins at a seminary level. I'm going to go back to the seminaries because they don't mm. teach it. And if in the seminary you're not wow. teaching it and you're producing these leaders, well, what do you think your churches are going to look like? So we need to really actually even move back and say, okay, we need to restructure this and rethink this whole system. The system's really coming out of the seminaries and then feeding into the churches. And then, of course, every denomination has their has their emphasis or their theology or, but I do think there is a lot of hope. I really do. I think Jesus is so merciful. If we look at Jesus (laughs) and the love and the mercy and the compassion that he offers each of us every single day, every single believer and unbeliever that he gives us waiting for us to come to him, right? To return to him in full. I believe this is where our hope is. And so in every denomination, in every church, I really believe like Diane, she's emphasizes so beautifully, you know, every, every church has a space for APES. Now it may be very small at first, but I think Mm -hmm. it can grow. And I think there is room to begin the conversations. And that is what is so hopeful with this typology is that you believe and you see and you give people just a little room and suddenly they taste of it and they can't get enough of it Mm -hmm. because they're suddenly free and they understand how God has made them. And they're so excited about being a part of the church. It's just contagious. I mean, that's what I've seen. Yeah. That's the unlocking and unleashing the potential that grabs my heart. That's that like gets me so excited and uh, gets my heart beating really fast because once that's unleashed, once the understanding of that calling that's in all of us is unlocked and unleashed, um, the potential of course is limitless because it's in Christ Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's the kingdom impact that we can have. And I believe, and it's so funny how God led me on this journey as an apostle that I didn't know I was, um, he sent me literally, I was the sent one for at least a good year and it felt like a rabbit trail and I was just being obedient and I would just go. And people would say, why are you doing that? Why are you going there? Because I'm being sent and literally being sent. People were paying for me to go and get a training here and a training there and a training there. And it all led me down this path to find uh, that that calling within me as an apostolic leader and then what to do with it and how to use it so that we can equip the church um, to be a healthy uh, body that it's meant to be, right? Right. And I think playing off of Diane, just real quick, I can't, I can't let this go, but she said the calling that's within us, that's the priesthood of all believers. Exactly. I mean, that's what the whole reformation is founded <laughs> on. So if we're not, we're not going for that in first Peter two, nine, we've really lost 
our way. And I think yes. that's a large problem with what's happened is that the church has lost its way. It had good intentions. Um, we can go back to Constantine in 315 AD, but I think even present, I, I do think that as I'm on calls with other pastors, um, I, their hearts are wanting to do the yes. right thing. They just don't yes. know how. It's, it's yeah. such a cry for please help me. It's not I'm mm -hmm. shunning you or any kind of arrogance or pride. It's yeah. just this humble, contrite heart that wants wants to get it right and wants to make a difference in the kingdom. So it's such yeah. a beautiful um, love that they're wanting all of us to come into together as we envel are enveloped in Christ's love. It's, it's really, it's really something. Yeah. It's really an amazing time yeah. to be alive. That's what <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very hope filled. I love that. Yeah. And look, before we, um, before we draw to a close, I just want to ask uh, a final question now moving into maybe a bit more of application and practical stuff. This is, mm -hmm. I'm really grateful that you've come on and shared your wisdom and your experience, uh, with us. Um, but if we're moving into the practical, if there's someone who's listening to this, who's maybe in a church leadership context or maybe not in a leadership context, but kind of still having that, um, getting itchy feet uh maybe some apostolic mm -hmm. ears are listening <laughs> maybe some female apostolic <laughs> ears are listening yeah. Um, yeah. I, I hope so i hope there is because they've been we uh, need you yeah absolutely yeah. need you and i think it's so much uh, the future of the church is resting on a lot of female apostolic voices that are currently aren't being allowed to speak um mm -hmm. so my question is for someone who's listening to this what could be the first step into doing this? What might need to be sacrificed? What might need to be a little bit uncomfortable? What questions might need to be asked if we're going into the first steps of uh, making a change in your context or community? I would say prayer first. Uh, you know, go to the Lord in prayer. Seek first his kingdom, right, and his righteousness. Um, so that you are led down the right path and so that you won't be led astray. Um, and so prayer for direction and then um, begin to become aware. Awareness is huge. Um, and so read, read the scripture, study the scripture as, as you pray um, through it and ask then the Lord to reveal what he wants you to uh, do with that first. So, you know, he'll always reveal first steps. And then there's obedience, right? So as he reveals first steps, uh, we have to be obedient and, and take that first step um, and move from awareness then maybe to uh, knowledge and growth and then application. And so in, in APES and 5Q, we talk about moving from awareness or through awareness into application and then back again. It's a constant cycle of both um, learning new things, uh, but applying them. It's not just knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's knowledge that is then used to, to further the church and further the kingdom. Yeah, that's really beautiful. I think you summed it up just really, really well. But I would just continue that and say on an individual level, um, as well as the church collectively, as Diana said throughout this podcast, we are be given a way back. We're given a way back to finding one's identity in Jesus. Because when we 
are unwilling or we, through maybe no fault of our own, or we are intentionally denying APES because it just doesn't fit into our system. We're literally denying Jesus' identity in us. I mean, that's how serious this is. And so the church needs to start reflecting the whole person of Jesus, not just two parts of him. And so by doing this, the DNA has to start with us individually. And then as a church, Mm -hmm. as a body of people all over the world, we we know the church is universal. Then I think we'll find our way back. And I was reminded of a poem by Robert Frost called The Road Less Traveled. And if you haven't read it, I would encourage you to read it again in light of the apex. It's really quite remarkable. Mm. But will you choose the road less traveled? And at the end... Robert Frost, the last line he says, and and this is my prayer, that we will all echo and and believe this, and that that has made all the difference. He chose the road less traveled, and that has made all the difference. And that is where the church is at, and this is where our hearts are. We want the church and all believers to have the the most rich and invigorating and life-spirit-filled Uh, life-giving experience while on this planet, right? While on our earthly life, which we know eternally we're going to be with Jesus Mm -hmm. face to face. So we go from life to life. But let's make this life worth living. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, amen. Yes. (laughs) What a fantastic place to end there. Mm. Check out the poem. Uh, Penny and Diane, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'd love to do a part two at some point in the future. Uh, This conversation can can never end, so we'd love to do a part two at some point. Um, That would be wonderful. Yes, we would love that. Yeah, thanks a lot for joining us. Take care. God bless. Thank you, Chris. Thank Thank you, Chris. Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, what an amazing interview. Mm, it uh, was. There's so much in there and uh, so much energy and so much uh, just great stuff to chew on and reflect over. Um, I need to ask you about something, though, Chris, before we go on. Yeah. Penny. Yeah. Uh, Penny mentioned somewhere in the interview that you'd asked for two North American females. What, what was <laughs> that, that all about? That sounds creepy, doesn't it? It was actually Diane, uh, to correct you. Uh, but also I've been reflecting on that after listening to it and I do need to defend my corner it's not quite as creepy as it sounds so uh, I'm going to read you the direct quote in the email that I wrote Okay. and this should set things straight (laughs) I wrote an email and said we're wanting to raise the application and conversation of APES based leadership in the Nordic countries and we would love to include female apostolic voices to help frame the conversation with us all right okay so that's uh just to put it straight there it's not quite as weird or creepy or demanding as it sounded in the uh call when diane was referring to it yeah okay we did i mean we are joking but we did need to just set the record straight (laughs) we set the record straight (laughs) Uh, in case someone listening uh may have thought you were being a bit inappropriate yeah but anyway it's good to know that you weren't being inappropriate (laughs) anyway come back holy spirit uh well it was a really really good interview and Mm. i just want to ask you chris um i mean you've listened to it twice now Mm. 
what what would you say was your big takeaway or what was the thing that kind of mm. hit, hit you yeah that's a really difficult question because i mean like you've just listened to i mean there's just so much in there there's wisdom and there's storytelling and there's experience and there's coaching and there's there's all sorts um i think the thing that has struck me every time i've listened to it both during the interview when i was doing it live but also the two times listening to it since um i was just struck uh, by penny's story um when she talks about her 22 years of ministry yeah um in the church uh and during all of that time how uh, she hadn't really had the opportunity to discover um what was her strongest gifting and because of that maybe not able to see or experience what god's big call was in her life um and uh thankfully she managed to discover that and understood her apostolic calling and gifting uh but the thing that struck me most i would say is is just putting the question out there of how many people uh has this happened to historically how many people have not had space created uh for them and maybe how many people are still going through that now mm. how many un um fulfilled or unreached uh callings are there in the churches right now today uh, and it's really personal isn't it when you, when you think about it i mean we when uh, when you look at the church in general i wouldn't say in every case but we've really living in still and certainly have inherited uh, a huge I think they alluded to it, like a huge uh, teacher-shepherd paradigm that's mm. been the model of leadership, which has been uh, celebrated, championed the most yeah. uh, at, at, the, at the expense of the others. Yeah. And so then the question, I guess, becomes what what are we missing? What's missing with the APE? I mean, the, the church is called to reflect the person of Jesus. And all of these five marks, all of these five giftings were present in Jesus really clearly through the scriptures. So then the question becomes, what are we missing? What parts of Jesus is missing from the church? Mm, yeah. And I mean, we did the definitions at the beginning, didn't we? Mm. Uh, the, the apostolic, the missional kind of impulse of Christ, the prophetic, the wisdom and the word and the alignment with relationship with God and the world and, uh, and the evangelist. They're crucial for it. They're the generative gifts. They're mm. the ones that... Um, establish things pioneer things uh and and break out of uh things that start working they're, they're crucial mm. for and, new yeah. newness and and renaissance and revival and of course stating the obvious here that it's no surprise that the church is declining statistically if there's no evangelists doing any recruiting if there's no space for mm. them um one of the pictures that alan hirsch talks about uh, in the book 5q um, he, he, he compares the body of Christ to the physical bodies that we have, and he talks about the, um, I can't remember how many it was now. Eight. Eight? Are you talking about systems Yeah, the, the systems, systems yeah. of the body. So you've got the, um, um, oh, I'm going to embarrass myself here, the skeletal system and the cardiovascular system and all the different systems that keep our body functioning. And if you start picking them away, you see real bad deterioration. Um, where people would need to go to the doctors, they need to go to hospitals, and eventually they're on life support. Um, and uh, he, he says the church being on the teacher-shepherd functions only means that the church is effectively on life support mm. because we're missing the key things that keep us alive. Mm. 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 And we're trying to answer the problem 
and trying to resolve the challenges of this cultural and you know spiritual moment through the teacher shepherd paradigm mm. uh, um, so that that brings it in itself that brings a, a challenge in itself um, mm. so we need all voices we need uh, the diversity of voices uh, mm. and that's really why we're having this conversation we want to we want to name we want to recognize we want to celebrate and if you've been marginalized or we recognize for many people there might be some emotional kind of baggage yep. as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think it's important to kind of raise that and point to that, that this conversation doesn't go without recognising that a lot of people have been hurt, as you're saying, and um, there's an emotional baggage that perhaps is a good place to mm. just recognise that. Yeah. What about you? What was your big takeaway from listening to it twice? Um, yeah, it's, it's a good question. I mean, I think, obviously, the wounds... Uh, that are there um i mean i'm i very much see the world through the apostolic um so i just was really excited by the fact that here's two female leaders Mm. um and i just got swept up with it so just in general i was like i could i could have listened to for longer Mm. um and i think they've probably got lots more to say in teachers Mm. um so i mean on a on the first kind of listen that would what that was the main thing um, but I also thought there was some really helpful kind of coaching stuff there. I think Diane particularly talked about, and I know we'll come to that in a minute, but she talked about, so how do you take first steps? And I think for me that's always really the important thing, being apostolic. You often think big, grand, and the, and the big, wide, open, expanse kind of picture of things, but you really do need uh, small first steps. And she talked yeah. about microcultures, um, it's in churches really often we when we even when we're talking about our visions for our churches we sometimes we step up to the front don't we and we we preach it to the church and hope that someone in there gets Mm. it or hopefully more than someone and more often than not they don't you have to keep doing it over and over again and she she talked about microcultures said of like um starting with 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 the whole with whole of your community or or the whole of your church start with a small group yeah maybe a friendship group Absolutely. maybe a, a leadership team yeah um so i thought that was really really good don't don't go out big no. start with a few and and, and journey together mm-hmm. get to get comfortable with it yeah. come to a shared understanding we'll a- talk a bit more about that well we? uh, actually i was about to say that one of, that's probably one of the mistakes that we've had here in our context in helsingborg is that when we first um, started understanding and uh, trying to apply some of the uh, apes theology one of the first things that we did was put together a teaching series yeah. uh, for our church which is completely the wrong thing to do because i mean there was nothing there being practiced we didn't really have understanding we certainly weren't applying it in ourselves and our leadership team and and so we kind of just had this teaching series that fell on deaf ears really something we were excited about but not really had any uh, authority to have any teaching on mm. at that stage yeah i think just to, just to kind of just jump back chris i think the other thing that um i can't remember who said it but they someone said that the apes are leaving mm. in their droves Diane, yeah. and um i've often felt as an a i mean i struggled in the training school uh, that i in the salvation army because it was a teacher shepherd paradigm um, sometimes I wondered how am I still here I remember someone actually asking me what are you doing here still mm. Mm. Uh, that's another story altogether mm. um, but what I, were you doing there? I don't know <laughs> <laughs> no it was uh, it was a lot of good stuff but I mean I really struggled uh, mainly because that's how I saw the world apostolically um, and um, 
I just think, you know, I've seen so many in, in, the, in, in my upbringing in the Salvation Army, often the apostolic figures, the, the, the mavericks or the, the people who suggest there's another way, mm. um, are kind of they, they're around for a while, but then they go. Mm. And that, that's really what I've seen. And I don't want to see that anymore. So a big reason, I guess, why we're doing what we're doing with Venture 12 is because we want to stop that. In fact, we want to reverse that. We want to, mm. we want to raise and name and, uh, and, and release uh, apostolic, prophetic, and evangelistic leaders. More than that, we want to we want to see the fivefold coming together, don't mm. we? Because yeah. um, we've seen it in our setting that it is mm. just brilliant and beautiful. Yeah, and and I mean that's what it's all all leads up to throughout the passage of in Ephesians four. It talks about the diversity, the five separate giftings that are all eventually not out there to just be their own thing or to have an apostolic church or a prophetic church or an evangelistic church or even a shepherding or teaching church individually but that they should all be harmonious like they were in the person of christ Mm. um, so that they come together in this maturity um, and and so without having space for all of those and creating that space for all of them to breathe and have a voice i mean the the fact is that the church has not been mature Mm. for for centuries Mm. um yeah yeah. So, uh, Chris, I've got you. I mean, you're a teacher. Yep. Um, you've got a teacher's heart. Let's let's kind of bring this ship home. Let's land this mm. <laughs> now. Um, you know, one of the reasons why we're doing these uh, podcasts is because we want to offer resource to friendship groups, teams, leaders uh, to to start conversations, but also to kind of take the first steps in building culture and moving things forward. Yep. So, uh, we we I mean, where where would we encourage people to start? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, also a question that I put to Diane and Penny, who probably had wiser answers than I. Um, but uh, he, here's uh, where I would start. Um, and I think it's really important to draw on uh, that advice from Diane and Penny about the microculture. Uh, and like we've been speaking about here, to start small, um, to come together with um, people who are ready to go on this journey. Um, and uh, like Mark's been talking about, to acknowledge some of the wounds that might be part of that journey, uh, particularly the apostolic and prophetic voices, to acknowledge what is the baggage that I'm bringing into this journey and what, where have I been hurt by the church. Mm. Um, so that's a good starting place, to have that awareness of yourself um, and to find people to go on this journey with. Um, then I would say, uh, don't do what we did. <laughs> don't do a teaching series. Um, and don't jump into the, there's tests that uh, Penny and Diane refer to uh, in the interview and I would say stay away from them from uh, in the beginning um, but actually invest time in getting to understand the context of the Ephesians uh, the, the book of Ephesians actually so understand what it's all about uh, read about um, Paul's journey and why he's reading, re- uh, writing that letter uh, in Ephesians um, and to also try to highlight places um while you're reading that to highlight places where you can see the fivefold giftings within jesus in other parts of the bible so try to think where can i see jesus in a teaching role not necessarily just looking at the sermon on the mount but where can i see him uh, mentoring and coaching people where can i see him imparting wisdom uh, and likewise with the shepherd not just where can i see jesus loving someone but where can i see jesus protecting someone where can i see him be a guardian um and of course, with the others as well, with the ap- apostolic, the prophetic, and the evangelistic. So really, um, yeah, mm. submerse it's, yourself in that. It's great isn't it, to to get to with uh, to get to terms with the definitions because um, I mean, different denominations and different Christian cultures have 
perhaps got different takes on stuff so it's a good thing to do isn't it just yeah. to absolutely and 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 then i would move on to um the 5q book because alan hirsch uh, really takes you on a really great in-depth journey there and and like mark's saying one of the things that's really important to do is to get a clarity of language so within your group to understand what is it that we're talking about when we say prophetic um, or what what how do we define certain things just so that there's a real clarity there of how to do it um, so that you you're not seeing things that are misrepresented or misunderstood as you're moving forwards in that um, and after you've read the bible and explored some of that and then you've bought the book and gone through that then you can start moving into getting into conversations with with other networks of people who have been on a journey perhaps then moving into um, taking the tests to see where your giftings might be strongest uh, and seeing also uh, what that highlights in things that you might have been missing in your journey. So uh, I won't talk about myself much, but my prophetic gifting was very, very low. So I needed to understand more about um, spending time with someone who is stronger in prophetic to see what is what are the parts of Jesus that I maybe don't identify with in my own life because I'm not so strong in that gifting. Mm. There's there's whole parts to un- it, it's not a personality test. It's not a test like the Myers Briggs that all just talk about you. It, it all points to Jesus and it all points to the church and what it should look like. Mm. So when you're reading the book and when you're doing the test, yes, it will reveal things about yourself and help your understanding. But the the main thing is that it's going to help you understand Jesus Christ more and fully mm. uh, through maturity and diversity that's my steps is that your steps that's it well that's really good well i hope um you've found uh, the interview helpful and hope that you we just encourage you to to kind of spend the time um and and for us that really was key is just to give it the time mm. and to journey with it at a good pace to not rush ahead and to journey with it so we bless you in that journey yeah. um and we really really would love to hear from you if you want to talk more about it or learn more about it of course you can go to the 5q central website but we're available um where can people reach us we haven't got any avenues <laughs> i don't know um, we'll work on that yeah but we're i mean our what's our email do we give him our emails or venture12.se yeah you can get in touch touch with us through that so (laughs) venture12.punked.se um so i I guess we need to say farewell um we're we're, this is our second one so you know if it's it's not perfect bear with uh, us please uh, we're we're not inviting you to give us any feedback (laughs) we're we're not strong enough mentally or uh, (laughs) the website is not for feedback purposes yeah please don't give us any feedback Um, (laughs) we can't take it we don't have our identities are not uh, rooted (laughs) enough um in, anyway, a joking aside, uh, we we would love to hear from you in any way. Do encourage us, <laughs> um, and uh, we'll be back with more uh, conversations, uh, yeah. missional conversations that are designed to engage, inspire, and and connect people mm. uh, around some of the big uh, subjects and conversations that are at the centre of uh, the shaping of the church to come. We love to. Uh, hear from you just so that we feel that we're not alone sat in a room but to feel that we're doing this together so uh yeah we hope that you do feel and that ephesians 4 of course is although we've talked a lot about i personal you know our individual perspective it really is about us together so god bless you all uh we hope to hear from you soon and you'll hear from us